You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey there, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, a podcast all about shedding limiting labels and beliefs so we can live our dreams and shine our lights out into the world. I'm Sarah Box, your host. And this week, we are joined by Paige Risley. Now, Paige is the co-founder and co-CEO of We Recruit Well. She and her business partner collectively have 20 plus years of experience recruiting remote team members, which is that experience level in today's world is super important. Um, She has 17 years of teaching experience, which actually helps her to communicate with and support those she serves through re we recruit well and she continues to grow herself she's currently reading the nine types of leaders um, by beatrice chestnut and atomic habits by james clear um haven't read atomic habits yet but the other one i have and it's really good um and not to be outdone she invests in her own professional development and works with a financial coach Michelle Williams. Paige lives in Lake Okuni. Lake Okuni, is that right? Lake Okuni. Okuni. I figured I was close. (laughs) I've got to get to Georgia. I I just (laughs) am not doing well with names. Um, So in in that is in Georgia's Lake Country. And she has a husband and two boxers. They also have two sons, one daughter-in-law, and an adorable grandson. That sounds like a pretty cool life page yes it is yes (laughs) well she likes spending time at the beach at the lake and with family and friends and you kind of get the picture where of where she lives and what she does that those are priorities Um, but today i'm going to ask Paige to share with us um, how to make sure our team is the right fit and that you can work effectively together and i'm going to ask some questions more about how she uses the enneagram in her workplace Um, about teams in general, especially bridging remote and on-site folks, and then how to effectively work and communicate with the different Enneagram types at work. So with that introduction, let's welcome our guest today, Paige Risley. Hi, Paige. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. Um, I was telling Paige before we went live that I had a dentist visit this morning, and clearly my mouth has not come back to normal yet. But it's a great day for an interview. Paige, most of my guests know this, and they know they'll be asked this question. I just popped this on to you at the last minute, but I'd like to know if there's anything you do every day that really keeps you living true to your own purpose and calling. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, I, I tend to be a very structured person. I like, I like to stick to my to-do list and mark things off. And something that kind of keeps me focused and keeps me that way, um, I just maintain a regular workout schedule. I, I get up early every day. Um, and I take that time for myself um, to take care of myself. I go for a, a run, a walk. I do my workout. And I also like to read a lot. Um, you know, like you shared, I am currently reading a couple books right now. Um, and I just feel that helps me be a better version of myself as well as it helps, helps me help my clients and the candidates that we're placing with them in my business as well. Fabulous. So let me ask you this. If you were to hop on an elevator and do your elevator speech not necessarily of your business yet but if someone popped on they said what is the enneagram what would you say and let me say you got 15 uh, floors this is not a long elevator 15 floors first of all i wouldn't be on the elevator because i'm claustrophobic so we'd be on the stairs walking but so you have more time <laughs> i've got a little more time but uh yeah so the enneagram i would describe the enneagram as um a it's a it's a personality um, it's a personality assessment. It's, it's just, there's all kinds of them out there, but this one is, it doesn't box you in. Um, there's nine different types that you can be. And within those nine types, you know, you have different wings and you have different subtypes and you have different growth paths and different stress paths and all the different things. So you're not, you're not narrowed down into that, that one type, whereas a lot of them you are, um, and that it, it can serve you well to know, what you are, what your tendencies are, so that you can work on the the blind spots, work on the parts of you that need that work, and also begin to recognize in others how you can communicate better with them. So tell us a little bit about We Recruit Well um, and how you and your partner started that, because that's a very specific type of recruiting. Mm -hmm. Yep, it is. We um, actually, my partner and I, we've known each other for over 20 years now. We, we met as teachers. We actually transitioned out of the teaching world into the virtual assistant workspace at the same time. And um, we were just looking for something. We didn't want to be in the classroom anymore. You hear teachers get burned out. It happens a lot. It happened to both of us. We wanted something we could work from home. And we found the virtual assistant workspace. And we started with the same company, and then we both joined that company on their corporate team. I joined the company in a recruiter space and was actually recruiting virtual assistants for them and hiring them for the company and then placing them with clients. My partner joined as um, a relationship manager, and so she was navigating the relationships between um, clients and their virtual assistant and helping them navigate their workspace and their communication style. Uh, we worked for that company uh, for, I was there for five, six years. Uh, we both um, felt there was a, a better way. Um, everybody knows what a virtual assistant is now, especially with the pandemic. Most of the virtual assistant companies out there are subscription model, and we're not. We, we don't manage the, the, the middle for very long. We don't, you pay them, you contract with them. You can be a 1099 with them, W2, however you want. But what we do is we go out and specifically find somebody for you. We're not finding someone on our roster. We're meeting with you, listening to what your needs are, what your business is. And then we're creating a job description, posting it and finding a specific person for you. Um, so that's, that's in a nutshell, that's how we got started. We just knew there was a different model. There was a better way to do it. That was a little more cost-effective for a client and it's more pay effective for the virtual assistant as well. 
Absolutely. And the other thing that I love about that model is you took time to know the client's needs and what the virtual assistant could do for them. That's actually the model that helped me find, well, she's been with me for five years now. She's her own business, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but yep. oh my gosh, it was so great because it was like, this is specifically what I need. Mm-hmm. And I'm hopeful that you get someone who's smarter than that so they can help me mm-hmm. grow. Um, yes. Yep. But you know, it's been great. So mm-hmm. how do you think your personal type on the Enneagram, you're a one mm-hmm. with a wing nine. How do you think that influences currently or influenced your decision previously um, to this choice of work and the approach that you have? Yeah. Um, if you're, if you know anything about the Enneagram and you're a one, you're a rule follower, you, you check things off. You are going to do what you're supposed to do. I love processes. I love SOPs the whole bit. And I can just go down the list and get it done. That's how my days are. And I like to just move right through. And so as far as our business is concerned, I am that analytical process person. I am the person who I know what I know what you're supposed to do. My business partner is an eight. Um, her wing, not I don't really know what her wing is. I don't know if she's a wing nine or a wing seven. She could really go either way, but she is she is an eight. And um, there are many times I have to reach out and say, Beth, you forgot to do this. And she's like, oh, okay. And she never goes back and does it. So I, I always have to fill in that gap for her. But that, that, that structure part of me, that, that wanting to follow the rules, wanting to get it done right, the perfectionist, um, it really lends itself towards being an executive assistant. But also, I know what I'm looking for. And and being in a recruiter and being in this space, you have to follow that process. And every time we've not followed that process, it's when we've, okay, we've made mistakes. We've messed up. We did something. We didn't do it right. We got out of order. So it, it lends itself very well to, to what I do. Um, the wing nine part, um, I am not a, definitely not a confrontational person. I would rather just, you know, I, my, my business partner calls me, you know, a high eight wannabe. Um, I just, I don't have it. I'd love to, I'd love to have your back in a fight, but I'm, I'm going to talk to you about it and get you hyped up, but I'm going to run away when the time comes. And so to me, the conflict, I want to, I want to, I need to bring it down to a, a, a calmer level and we need to work it out and we need to fix it before we have the conflict. So it lends itself very well in that communication stage between our clients and, and any assistant that we would place with them is that we're teaching them to communicate ahead of time so you don't reach that boiling point of a conflict. You know, that's so powerful because I think in my many years working and causing trouble for myself, right? Because mm-hmm. there are those things you're going, had I started this conversation a month ago, we wouldn't be having today's conversation. Exactly. Right. Yes. But it's, I only get those because I'm not you. So mm-hmm. I get those in hindsight and I'm thinking, hmm, mm-hmm. I really need a better way of doing this. So I appreciate that, but I can also see how that part of you that doesn't want to be confrontational thinks about those things Yes, and kind of dials it down, which is so powerful to have in a business. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, how we can use the Enneagram in the workplace, whether we're recruiting or on a day-to-day yeah. basis. Yeah, um, that's actually how I got introduced to the Enneagram was in a workspace, in a team. And um, we, we were, uh, I had been on the team for a 
good three years. We had several new people that had joined. The, the, the company had merged two divisions, and so they merged two teams together that did the same thing. So there were there was a new leader and there were some new team members that hadn't worked together and kind of as a as a get to know you professional development we all read um, the road back to you by Ian Crone and we we took an enneagram test and then we all got together and discussed it and it really was eye opening I mean I've done all kinds of personal you know personality assessments and work style assessments before and they're all spot on with me they they all label me exactly the same and that's exactly what I am but it was the enneagram went even a step further and it really was able to show us even about ourselves what we needed to work on but it also really opened my eyes like there was for example there was somebody on the team that I just did not like didn't like her didn't want to get along with her didn't care and, and through that Enneagram process, I realized why. And, you know, my, my Enneagram number just doesn't mesh with hers. We, we were just in two total different people. But, you know, even though I really never probably would have been best friends with her, it taught me or it showed me how I needed to communicate with her and what I could do different or what I could do better. And that's, so that, that's how we got, that's how we got involved that's how I learned about the Enneagram and I just loved it and have been learning more about it ever since. Um, in our business, we utilize the Enneagram. Um, we always ask our candidates and our clients, have you ever taken a personality test? If so, which one? And we just kind of go by, by whatever they've done. They haven't taken one. We have a few, we can send a link to them depending on which ones we think they, they more fall into. Um, but so that's kind of how we use it. We do the same with our candidates and then, you know, we can, use that information as we're introducing them and they're getting to know each other. We can offer suggestions on, Hey, how best, how best to communicate with each other, um, how, how you can work together. Um, we, especially with a virtual assistant, we can really give a lot of insight into them. Hey, remember your, your client, your executive, your leader, they're an eight or they're a nine or, you know, they're four. Here's some ways you can communicate with them. Here's some things you can try. Um, we recently had one who um, he, I don't even think he was so all over the place. I don't think we ever really kind of nailed down which one he, we thought he might be. But because we had a little bit of insight into him, we were able to give that assistant, hey, you're never going to reach him by email. Stop emailing him. Text him. And don't use words, use emojis. <laughs> and that did it. There was something about him that he needed the emoji versus words to get his attention. So that's really how we utilize it. Um, it's not just in our placement process. It's in the next step in how best can you guys communicate and work together. That's really powerful. I love that thing about the emojis, right? I just, I'm working with someone later today and I went back and looked at her and I'm thinking, okay, she needs to understand why we're even having this conversation, mm -hmm. right? Because otherwise she just wants everything finished. Yeah. One can't jump to the end without yeah. understanding why. So, you can. Uh, but I can share that with her. This is why we're doing that. And had I not gone back and looked at like what she needs versus what I need to communicate, but what does she need? It would have been like, we would have still been fine. It wouldn't have been as beneficial. Yeah. So, um, so I want to think about, and as you're talking about team members, I think I wished I would have known this earlier because there were things like with team members or even family members, you know, like there's just people that yep. they, they kind of get your back up fast. Oh, yeah. And 
Um, can you give some examples of the different types? So like you identified the team member that got you going. So for the different types, let's assume that people listening to this now have an idea of what their type is. They may not be zeroed in for sure, but what kinds of things might set them off? Um, you mean for each, each, yeah, each or a different few types, type? Like, okay, yeah. Clearly you know um, the ones really well. You probably know the eights yeah, really well. I know the ones and the eights really well. <laughs> for, for ones, I'll speak to, I'll start with ones. For ones, um, if, if you get out of process or you don't follow the rules, you, you're, you are pushing my buttons. And, you know, like last week, my brother lives in Dallas, Texas, and his pickup truck was stolen from his work parking spot with his name on it. And my thought was, why can't people just follow the rules? What's wrong with people? You don't do that. That's just a big no, no. So if you get out of process, you know, go in order. There's a list for a reason. There's a work process and a workflow for a reason. Just just do it. So that is one thing that that really that sets me off. Um, I think another thing for ones um, is if you're going to do it, do it right. Um, you know, I want my bed made a certain way. And when my husband wants to get up and make the bed and help, you know, that's great. But do it the right way. <laughs> you go back and redo it. You know what? I didn't today. Um, he does not make the bed very often. So I try not whenever he does make it, I really trained myself, do not go back and remake the bed. But it, it, in my, in my inner self, it really causes tension for me that the blanket's not in the right spot. Like you didn't do that right. And it's not about him. It's more about me. So, I mean, th those are some things for ones, um, eights. I think for eight, they want to have a, they want to have a good conversation with you. They want to have a, they want to have a discussion or debate. And, and if you got to have an opinion, you got to be able to, you know, you got to be able to, to run with them. Our oldest son is also an eight and you got to be able to have a discussion. He's also an engineer. So you got to have a discussion with him and it's got to be intellectual and you got to keep up. So if you're just, you know, agreeable, that's not what an eight wants. They really want you to have a discussion with them. Um, let me see. Fours. Four, I, I, you know, and fours are the fours are my, even though you, you know, ones kind of have a tendency to do have some four tendencies in them. I really struggle with that aspect of being a one because fours, I typically do not like fours. I am not creative. I don't care what color you paint anything. <laughs> that That's just not something of me that I, I get. So that romantic and all that stuff that is wrapped up in that creative four is very hard for me to understand. So I really feel like the opposite is true of a four. So if I'm trying to force a four to do things in order and do things the way I want it, that's probably really hard for them. And that's probably going to really, really push their, their buttons. Um, a nine, again, if you place a nine in any kind of level of conflict, that's, you're just going to shut them down. You really shut them down. Um, fives are introverts. Um, and it's funny, you know, we talked about the Enneagram, you're not boxed into to that number, you have some other subtypes. And my three highest, I'm, I'm very high in a one, that's my highest number. My next one is a six. And after a six, I'm a five in, in those three orders. Oh, you're, in and, the, you're in the head triad. Yes, very much so. And so that that five, they're an introvert. And, and I am very introverted. If, if I can go out and be extroverted and interact with people, but I need some downtime. So if we're going to go out on a Friday night, 
I need Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday through Thursday to be at home. <laughs> so for fives, they don't want to be in the spotlight. They do not want to be forced to go to that cocktail party after work. They don't want to interact with people near as much as, as maybe anybody who's a social type of a person. They just don't want to do it. Um, sixes, um, again, I can relate to that six. They're worst, worst case scenario. If you don't give a six the opportunity to plan for everything that could happen or go wrong, you're probably going to really cause some anxiety there. Uh, they have to have, have to have an exit strategy. So, you know, um, taking the time, I mean, the Enneagram, there's a lot to it, but taking the time to learn about the people who are on your team, not just leaders or not just people who are under you, but coworkers, people who are on the same level as you so that you can communicate and interact better with them is, is an, it's invaluable and it'll take you very far if you just take the time to do it. And also those pieces, like you were talking about the things that annoy or set us off, right? The key us in whatever language you're used to using um, also can be that type's strong point, right? Yes. It gives us a chance to take a breath, just recognize that's them and they're doing their thing. And it actually has some benefits to us that they are that way. Um, Cause no one gets to be the best type on in yes. an Enneagram, right? They don't. No, definitely not. There is no not. best type. There isn't. My youngest son thinks he's the best type and we're not really sure where he came from because my husband, oldest son and I, we all have one. We are all very strong and high in that, that one Enneagram. And then our oldest son, like I said, he is that eight. My husband is really a three, two type of a, a personality. Our youngest son is a seven wing eight. We've got, he has no one. He has no two. I mean, there's just, we're like, what Whether happened to your you? family needed him? Who? Yeah. It's like, what in the world? And it, it's funny because he, he has kept us hopping from day one and he's now 27. He's, yeah. He, he's 28. He is 28 years old and he has kept us hopping since day one. <laughs> no SOPs for him. None whatsoever. <laughs> so let's talk about remote teamwork and mm -hmm. the Enneagram and how you use that. Um, because it's a different dynamic working remotely with people in a team yes. than it is face to face. Yep, definitely. Um, we, what we always do is when we, when we have found somebody that's going to work with you and your team in a remote capacity, um, we always encourage them to, you know, kind of learn a little bit about the Enneagram. Um, if you want to read a book, um, the road back to you is something we really like to, to recommend because it's easy for, for people to read. Um, we recommend that one to kind of get them started and then they can learn a little bit quickly about each other. Um, they can just read the sections on their type and their their team members types and and kind of, you know, have discussions and conversations around that and, you know, start working together and use utilizing what they've learned. Um, but we also like to come alongside them and about every four weeks have check ins and, and have specific questions for them. So what have you learned about each other? Um, how have you been able to use what you learned to improve a relationship or improve communication or improve your work style and your effectiveness with each other. Um, because two, you know, everybody's human. You're not going to like everybody in the world. You're not going to get along with everybody. There's no way. But if you can learn to work well with each other, regardless of 
whether you like them or not, you know, that that's what we're trying to accomplish. And by using the Enneagrams and being aware of your own strengths and your own weaknesses, as well as the other person, you know, you're able to consciously then say, wait, wait, I'm not going to do that because that'll set them off. I know that really upsets them when I do this. And I've, you know, over these, my husband, I've been married 30 plus years now. I know that when I say to him, you didn't make the bed right. That's not, I do not need to say that to him because he does not want to hear it. It upsets him because he's a two. He's helping me. He, he made the bed for me. I should be appreciative. So I don't say anything anymore. I let it go. <laughs> you know, that's so funny. I think my biggest benefits have been like pausing, shutting mm-hmm. my mouth. My husband and I typed the same and I never knew that. I would have guessed we did not, although we have different tri-types and, um, but when I learned that, all of a sudden I thought, no wonder when I do X, I get this reaction and yes. it baffled me, right? I'm thinking, yes. I don't get how you got there from here. But yep. now it's so clear to me. I'm thinking, oh man, 20 years, 21 years. This would have it Definitely, definitely. But it, it just makes everything lighter, you mm-hmm. know? It and it's not like he has to understand all this stuff, although he's smart. He watches. He's also yeah. a five and he observes. Yeah. So he goes, yeah. I get it. I know yep. what you're doing. Yep. <laughs> I don't care. It benefits me. But the bed's yeah. such a good example. He goes, you're really picky. I go, no. I go, well, yeah. I just have yep. a way I like. Exactly. And you know what? My husband is the same way with his lawn. He was, when our boys were in high school, they were cutting the grass one day and he sat him down. He said, do you cut the grass to get it finished? Or do you cut the grass so that it looks good? They both looked at him like he was crazy. He said to get it done. And he's like, no more. You can't cut the grass. You cannot cut the grass anymore. So oh, that's a hilarious. But you know, think thank goodness your kids didn't know about his type when they were young. Think how easy it would be to say, Oh, it's cut, Dad. You just said cut it. You didn't say design it. Exactly. Exactly. I'll take that task back. Um, yeah, sometimes you just have to go, you know what? It doesn't have to be my way. We just yeah, need to work together as a team. Yep. So um you gave an example though like thinking remotely and then I switch mm-hmm. gears on you. Yep. So let's say we're bringing in most of our team is on site, but we've got a, a few remote mm-hmm. folks. How do we bring them into the team so they can mm-hmm. best engage with us and we can benefit from them? Yeah, we, we suggest, um, you know, everybody's got zoom fatigue, but we suggest zoom um, for team meetings. You can, everybody that's in person, you can gather in a conference room and you can put whoever's remote up on a big screen and you can interact that way for in-person meetings and different things like that. Um, as far as other communication, you can use Slack, all kinds of other little tools, text messaging, emails, just to loop people in so that everybody's in that constant communication. Um, the, the company that I, I, my partner and I worked for for a long time, that was a 100% remote company from day one. So that was like 2010 forward, they remote company. And that's, that's how we did it. We did it by way of Zoom. We did it by, it started with Google Hangouts. It went to Slack. Um, you're always text messaging people. You are really in constant communication so that the person, the people in the team that you're working with, even though you physically aren't side by side, you really are side by side all day long working and getting things done because you're just, you're communicating and you're using the tools that you've got to interact. Um, Some other things too that you can do remotely as a team member or as a, to just kind of encourage inclusion with your team. Um, 
don't don't make every Zoom meeting all about the meeting and about the day to day. It needs to be fun. Um, you know, those people in the office, they're chit chatting with each other. They're kind of interacting. And those people at home, they're not. Um, but have a time when you're just all on Zoom and you're all chit chatting. Um, something that we've seen some companies do uh, once a week, one of their meetings, everybody has to come with a different piece of clothing on that you can see. So it's either going to be a shirt or a hat that says something about themselves. So it might be, you know, the hat of a favorite football team or a basketball team or something that their child involved in with them. Maybe their kids are in the band. And so they're wearing a proud band parent shirt or anything that is something about them. And then they have to, why are you wearing that? What, tell us about that. Who's involved in that so that you get to know your team. You have to be intentional when you're remote. If you're not intentional, um, it's, it's more difficult. So you've got to do those things. And then you don't want to, you don't want to get zoom fatigue. So you want to just, you want to do them occasionally. You don't want to force people to have to come to all these meetings because it does get, it does get old, but, um, doing things like that. Um, something else I've seen a company do is, um, deliver lunch to everybody at their home and then have a lunch meeting on zoom and everybody gets to eat their lunch that was delivered to their house. So in that aspect, uh, like myself, we live in middle Georgia on a lake. No one delivers to my house. So I would have to go fix my own lunch for a party like that. But <laughs> yeah, it's a, but, but it is really a respectful concept, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. There's ways to get around that. Like you're saying, someone, you may just say, hey, order in whatever. And yep. if they don't deliver what, you know, you could figure out, you actually could probably say, here's what would help me. Mm -hmm. and exactly. Then the, then the company could make that yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, so one of the questions when you were talking earlier about the person you helped and said, use emojis, mm -hmm. when you've got all these different kinds of channels open, so you've got Slack and email and texting and what all, what all, how do you balance for the team members, the fives, those of us who go too much information, mm -hmm. how do you coach folks to gauge and make sure that it's not just dumping stuff because they didn't want to think it through, like what really matters. Yeah, that and that takes practice and that takes time for team members to, to figure it out. And uh, it's also um, teaching the fives or the people that don't need the information overload to communicate and step up and say, hey, is this really necessary? Can we send this out? Can we do this by way of email? Um, you know, we've all worked for a company that has sent out a company-wide email that says, hey, everybody's leaving too early. Stop leaving too early. And all of us ones are thinking, I'm not leaving early. What did I do? Don't communicate that to everyone. Communicate it to those who are leaving early. So if you don't, if you don't communicate to the right people, you know, it, it's, it isn't going to work. So that's a two-way street as far as, you know, information overload and not enough information. It's the same thing with the tools, because I agree. Um, I don't like all the different things coming at me. If we're going to use Google Hangouts, if we're going to use Zoom chat, if we're going to use Slack, or we're just going to use good old text messaging, pick one and stick with it. If it needs an attachment in my book, send it in an email, but come up with a, come up with a policy for when do you use email? When do you use text? And when do you use Slack? And then stick by it. Well, I also think the sender, it's incumbent upon the sender to think through the purpose mm -hmm. of the message, right? Very much so. And I really appreciate when people just say, they'll tell me at the beginning, 
this is for your information. You don't need to do anything yes. with it. Then I just go, great. I know it's in my email if I have to go back to it. Exactly. I don't worry about it. Yep. Um, but when it's like you don't get that to the very bottom of a, a two-page email, you're going, okay, that was exactly. disrespectful. Exactly. Exactly. I, I had to reach out to someone that I work closely with. Um, he, he was giving me hiring instructions and recruiting instructions, and he isn't a recruiter and he isn't a hire. And I, I just, I mean, he literally, it was a two-page email and I emailed back and I said, I got this. I've been doing it for a while. I know everything you told me. Your two-page email was completely unnecessary. He emailed back. He goes, okay, got it. Thanks. And he hasn't done it since. So, <laughs> Which goes to clear communication helps mm -hmm. us all. Yeah. Yes. That is mm -hmm. the takeaway, you know, like, and we don't have to be afraid to talk. I mean, I... I can tell the thing I love about Zoom and my team meetings is I can tell when I say something that I spent time in my head on this. My communication of it is a shorthand and it doesn't always make sense, not to yeah. other people. So I watch facial expressions and then I go, okay, I'm yeah. pausing. Did you get any of that? You yeah. know, well, kind of. Can you mm -hmm. tell us this? But there, it's okay, you know, because yeah. I know that's, yes. that's a weakness for me. So it's, yep. um, but you don't get there without having conversations. No, you don't. Uh, you know, another, another tool that it, it's exactly the same. It, we're talking, if you're talking about processes and SOPs and how to do something, some people need a list. They need it in a word doc. They need a checklist. First do this, second, third, fourth. Other people, they want to see it and they need a video. So I, I don't know if you've ever heard of Loom. I do. I have. So Loom is a tool you can quickly just show somebody on a computer screen. And, and it's funny because there are Enneagram types that do not like Looms. And which types? Tell me, because well, I use that and I want to know. I want to know. You know, maybe, and maybe it's a personal preference, but I honestly just prefer the email. Just bam, 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 tell me what to do because I got the rest. I don't need to sit there and watch the video and watch you hum and haw and search. And, you know, so uh, to me, it's a given. Give me the bullets. I got it. Go. I, I just need this short version. So, but that's another tool that you have to figure out. When is, when is Loom more effective? When is Loom easier? I got asked a question this morning by somebody and a Loom was the quickest way to give her the answer. And that's what I did. Even though I hate it, that's, I knew that's what I needed to use. So you've, it's just another tool and a way to communicate remotely that you've, you've, you've got to use it when you need to use it, but don't overuse it. <laughs> You know, it's, it's important to really pay attention to what's going to benefit the receiver, mm -hmm. right? Because that's kind of the point of communicating. Yep. So you have a saying that I want to ask you to tell us more about. Um, you say, be a Winnie the Pooh, not an Eeyore. And I've yes. just actually recently re-listened to Winnie the Pooh. So tell me what you mean by that. Definitely. So if everybody's whatever remembers anything about Winnie the Pooh, Christopher Robin and Eeyore, Eeyore was always woe is me. The glass wasn't poor Eeyore. The glass wasn't even half full. It was just bone dry. Everything in his life was terrible. His tail was never attached. Everybody, you know, he was he was just a, he was a downer. And Winnie the Pooh might have just been so happy-go-lucky and on top of the world, without a care in the world. And he, to him, the glass was always overflowing, regardless of what it is. And regardless of how you really feel on the inside, 
life is easier for everybody if you just look at it as that glass is overflowing. And if you look at it as that glass is bone dry, you're always going to be woe is me. And it's hard to get motivated and it's hard to move along. So we always just say, don't look at it as, as half full or half empty. Look at it as half full. Look at the positive. There's a positive in everything. And, you know, when you think back to, to Winnie the Pooh, all those characters, I mean, I know they're cartoons, but they all, they were all a different number on the Enneagram. You could probably, we could probably figure out which one each of them was, but they never excluded Eeyore. Even though he probably drove them all nuts with his Debbie Downer, they never excluded him and they included him every single time. So, you know, we, you always want to be that Winnie the Pooh so that you are including everybody you're aware of everybody and what what their type is and what is most beneficial to them and how you can work effectively with them but you don't ever want to exclude them because of how they are so that's kind of what we mean by that be a winnie the pooh and not an eeyore um is is be that all inclusive winnie the pooh didn't care who you were or what you were like he was going to include you on any everything he did it's all about having fun Mm-hmm. Definitely. You're answering everything. So I have a couple short questions. What mm-hmm. lights you up most about the work that you're doing today? That's really easy. Um, we, we started working with a client right, right after Thanksgiving, the week right after Thanksgiving, which that's the worst time to start working with somebody anyway, because, you know, it's the holidays. And we, and, and especially in this job market, we searched and searched and searched for a job that we normally get about a hundred applications. I think we had 10 and we submitted them and they were okay with the people we submitted, but it wasn't, you know, they weren't grinning from ear to ear. They were not, they were like, wow, we're just not, we're not wowed. So we said, you know what? You don't have to worry about it. It's Christmas. Don't worry about it. We're going to take this week off. And then as soon as Christmas is over, we're going to repost it. We're going to see what we get. So we did just that. We reposted it the Sunday after Christmas and hit the ground running after the week after Christmas. And one of the first people that I interviewed, my partner did, or actually I did the phone screen. My partner did the Zoom interview. We do, we do both aspects of that before we pass it on to a client. And as when I got off the phone, um, I called my partner and said, you get her on a Zoom tomorrow because in this job market, we cannot take a chance on losing somebody. You get her on Zoom tomorrow and then you send her the next day because I know this is the one. And there was just something about her. She checked every box. She had the, the best person. The She was just perfect. All aspects of it was perfect. When we sent her to the client, they had the same reaction. And it was two people. It was two business partners working together. They both had to work with her. They both had to like her. And she lit both of them up. Like she checked both of their boxes. So that's what does it is when the client comes back to us and said, wow, you were right. This is it. I'm so excited and I can't wait to move forward. So listeners, if you're needing to recruit, I want you to think about that. Paige identified her happy spot as you <laughs> being able to say, wow. And we know that feeling like we meet mm-hmm. someone we're thinking, where have you been? Right. Exactly. We want mm-hmm. you. So that's super 
Do you have anything that um, to offer folks if they go to your website? Is there anything oh, they yeah. can take away? Yep. Can you share that with us? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have on our website, we have a free resources page. So if you go to WeRecruitWell.com and you click on free resources, we have lots of different things you can get there for different ideas. Um, there's some um, creative ways to motivate a team. There's an SOP plan. Um, there's one that we we like to use a lot with our clients. We call it three steps to a clean plate where you're just really listing everything. You can print these off. You can use them online, but you're listing everything you do. What don't you have to do and what can you give away? And it's a quick way of, of delegating, of finding things that you're ready to give away to somebody else that you don't ever want to do again. Um, I think there's about 10 to 15 things, tools that we have there um, that really you can find just about anything you're looking for. If you need a resource to just kind of help you get started or help you get started um, hiring in this virtual remote space. Super. I did check it out. You do have a lot of very generous, useful resources mm -hmm. there. Paige, what's the best way besides your website? Do you have a preferred way for people to reach out to you or your partner? Yep, they can reach out to us at hello at WeRecruitWell.com. That's usually the quickest way. Uh, we both monitor that email inbox. We also have a virtual assistant of our own who helps us monitor that as well. As we, we can't hire virtual assistants for people if we don't have one. <laughs> so, hypocritical. Exactly. So we have, we have Amy who also helps us do all, a lot of the behind the scenes things who's monitoring that inbox as well. But that is the easiest and quickest way to get a hold of us. Perfect. Okay, No Labels, No Limits podcast group. Um, let's remember the quote, be a Winnie the Pooh, not an Eeyore. And Paige, I wanna thank you so much for taking time to be with us on the No Labels, No Limits podcast. I wish you all the best in this year and well beyond because your work makes all of our work better. Thanks, Sarah. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.